Hey, what's up, everybody? Listen, I'm so glad that you're here. You already know what today is, right? It's Tuesday. It's TNL. Listen, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your life. I'm excited even about the things that God is doing in and through your life. I hope that you have been taking this fall time to uh, find your way, navigate your way through your feelings and find ways to get out your feelings, think better about your feelings and be able to process your feelings a little bit better. Listen, we've been in this series the last few weeks that I've titled Get Out of Your Feelings. Um, we began starting off the series a few weeks ago. We were talking about just the feelings of being hurt and how it is that we uh, are even to respond even to the hurt that we feel and uh, how even how acquainted God is even with the hurt that we have felt. Then we we kept this train going. Uh, we went on to deal with just the real on resentment, having a real conversation about what it means to be hurt and how oftentimes our hurt, that hurt emotion can lead us to feeling resentful. And instead of feeling hurt, how feeling hurt can also usher us and lead us into healing. That's what hurt really is designed to do. It's not designed to, to injure us in such a way that we're detouring the wrong way, but hurt really ought to, ought to position and angle you and point you back, point you back to, 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 to God, who is our healer right? Even in the midst of our hurt. And then last week, we we kept on uh, with the emotion of loneliness, where we talked about just the load of emotion, uh, the load of loneliness, and how heavy that is oftentimes to feel alone. We unpacked that from the narrative of, of, of Adam. Adam is in the garden, and there is no Eve. It's just Adam and all the animals. And uh, so we, we even unpacked just the load of loneliness and how even to navigate through just that emotion of, of loneliness and, and all those things that even come with it. And so I said all of that really is just the precursor for where we have been and where we're going tonight for a few minutes. I want to talk specifically about just the injustice of indifference is what I'm titling our lesson tonight, the injustice of indifference. Indifference is an emotion. It is an emotion, but indifference is birthed from and out of a place. So let's uh, let's pray. Let's dive in. Listen, if you have not had a chance to yet, go back, check out the last few weeks of the series and uh, let it bless you. Whether you're feeling hurt, whether you're feeling resentful, whether you're feeling lonely, or maybe you are, uh, you know, you're living through just the pressure of of agony and indifference. We, we're going to be dealing with those emotions um, as we have the last few weeks, and we'll continue to do so in the, in the upcoming weeks. So again, go back, check them out, get all caught up, let it bless you, let it speak to you. Maybe it is for someone else that you know that is struggling or in a place specifically that you feel that this can be a blessing. I encourage you just to share that as well. As well, it also... Is TNL. Um, so it is a blessing to be a blessing. So uh, our ministry, of course, it uh, doesn't just run on love um, and doesn't just run on the word. So if you want to be a blessing tonight, please do so. Send a cash app, send a blessing, however the Lord lays it on your heart to be a blessing just to the kingdom work and, and, and the kingdom building that we're trying to do over here at the Fresh. So let's pray. Let's dive in. A great big God bless you to you. God, we love you. God, we thank you for every good and perfect gift for all that you are, all that you've been. Look upon us, smile upon us. God, speak to us, speak through us tonight. Give a word that just encourages us in our, in our study, in our lesson, God, in our teaching that 
anchors us and, and centers us as you be our foundation. We thank you for everything. God, we thank you for it all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So listen, the injustice of indifference, right? That is what, what tonight's, tonight's lesson is titled. And uh, the best way for me to maybe explain this or unpack what indifference really feels like or what or what how we arrive at a space of indifference is 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 goes a little bit like this i i i still remember you all i left i left for college at age 17 left for college at age 17 i had gotten left down in the fifth grade and that was something that just kind of loomed over me for years that i've been held back and retained and um um folks at church have heard me talk about this have heard me preach about this and just how god will 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 blow your mind even in the midst of what is a perceived failure so my mom's a school teacher yada 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 and here it is her own son her own kid isn't even passing his classes so got held back and um at a very foundational level Growing up in church, didn't really have my own personal relationship, but at a foundational level, I would hear these sermons about just faith and prayer and faith and prayer and faith and prayer. So, and all of that, that just became my prayer that God, like, don't let me live with this shame all my life. Shame, which is another feeling. It's another emotion. Don't let me live with this shame all of my life of being held back and left down. And sure enough, God performed a miracle. I was able to not only graduate on time, but actually able to graduate a year on top of my normal year had I never got left back, if any of that makes sense. And uh, so I'm now in college, freshman year, age 17. Um, and it was just a lot going on, you know, body still going through puberty, all those other things, stuff y'all probably, probably TMI right now. Um, but I remember being uprooted from my cozy little urban inner city life in West Philadelphia, born and raised, now smack dab, not in a city, but in a town called Moberly, Missouri is where I went to college. And um, the truth of the matter is there wasn't very many of us on campus that looked like me. In fact, you, 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 you couldn't have convinced me that I wasn't the only African-American that even stepped foot on campus that freshman year. But I, I remember it taking me a while to kind of get settled in and start making friends because I was I was I was like a fish out of water. It was a complete culture shock coming from Philly and being dropped in this rural town was just it was too much for me. It was too much for me. I remember, uh, you know, cell phones was out then, obviously. Um, but I remember my cell phone being dry as a bone. Nobody to call, nobody text to text, no one to talk to. Social media wasn't even really a big thing back then. In fact, here's a little, a little, a little gotcha, gotcha. A lot of folks don't know this, but Facebook used to only be exclusively for college students. That's how far back Facebook goes, where you had to have a, a .edu email in order to even get a Facebook account. So Facebook really wasn't even on and popping like then. And um, I remember just sitting in my dorm like a sitting duck because it it was it was it was just such a new experience for me. I'm I'm, I'm about to bring this on home in a minute. But but I'm saying all of this to say, I remember sitting in my dorm sometimes, uh, particularly on the weekends, some, and uh, and I had convinced myself that I was an introvert. Nothing wrong with being introverted, but um, I had to ask myself, am I truly introverted or is this what I'm telling myself because I'm actually experiencing the feeling of feeling lonely? Rather than, rather than letting my loneliness draw me toward relationships, 
I convinced myself that in my loneliness, I'm an introvert and I had allowed it to, um, to pull me away from relationships, which began this spiral called indifference. Okay. Indifference is one of those things where you begin to tell yourself, oh, I don't, I don't really care about that. I don't care about that. I don't care about him. I don't care about her. Um, ain't nobody going to have power over me um, unless I care about them first. I've got to I've got to give you my heart in order for you to care. That That's what indifference looks like. Um, I tried to tell myself that um, I didn't even want to hang out with anybody. I'm, I'm cool being alone. I'm cool being all by myself. He's a loner, daddy. He's a loner, daddy. And uh, I remember, I remember this particular weekend it come and I, I had become so um almost apathetic in my pursuit of 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 community, but I had allowed indifference, the injustice of indifference, what I was feeling to stand in the way of me acting on or responding to what I really was feeling. Instead, indifference will cause you to ignore the thing that you really truly want the most. Okay. Is that is that making sense? Indifference will cause you to overlook, act like it's not bothering you. That that's an indifferent spirit. That's an indifferent emotion. When when the result of running or ignoring or or soaking in the loneliness, it almost turns us, it almost turns us mean. It almost turns us sour. And then we develop this defense mechanism that's called indifference. And here's what indifference looks like as an emotion. Uh, indifference is like turning off your heart, turning off the heart valves where you don't you don't want to feel anything. Uh, it's when you you really don't care. I don't like it. I don't dislike it. Uh, I don't love it. I don't hate it. You simply feel nothing when you are in a space or feeling indifferent. Indifference says things like, oh, who cares? Or, uh, eh, eh, I, I don't care. So what? Eh, it's whatever. That's kind of what, what indifference looks like. But here, here's why we've got to watch out for the injustice of indifference because of what the emotion of indifference will do. Because at first, indifference seems as though it's harmless. Oh, I don't I don't have a dog in a fight. It'll make me no difference one way or another. I really don't care. Um, it, it, that, that, that seems and feels harmless at first, doesn't it? But believe it or not, indifference is actually one of the most dangerous emotions that we can have. Not only is it one of the most dangerous emotions that we can have, but it's also one of the most dangerous emotions that we can dwell in. Whenever we, whenever we enter a state of indifference, we are, we are telling ourselves, we're telling our spirit now that um, I'm bulletproof. I'm bulletproof. Um, nothing can get in and nothing can get out. And that's what we've got to realize. And that's what many of us fail to realize as it relates to the feeling of indifference, because indifference can make our hearts so bulletproof to where not only can nothing get in to hurt us, but at the same time, nothing is able to, to get out. Yeah, you can you can block out the tears when you're indifferent. I don't care. Yeah, you can block out the pain when you're indifferent because I never really cared to begin with. You can block out the feeling of loneliness because I'll need people. I'm good all by myself. But when you're blocking out the pain, when you're blocking out the tears, when you're blocking out the loneliness and in, in, in a space of indifference, you're not only just blocking out the pain, the tears and the loneliness, but with indifference, you're also blocking out the joy and the laughter and the fulfillment of really living a full life, which God has called you to live. And not just a full life, 
in God, but also a full life even in community. And so today I want us to, to look at, 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 at an individual here in scripture tonight whose loneliness led them to a state of indifference. And not just indifference, but this heartbreaking indifference. I want to talk tonight about the prophet Elijah. And I want to set this scene up for you before we go any farther, because um, Elijah now has reached one of the most tragic moments in his life, one of the most tragic moments in his journey and even in his story. Uh, Elijah was this prophet that was chosen by God and God chose Elijah to be the mouthpiece for for God to to speak uh, on behalf of of God to the nation of Israel and in the early days listen it was beautiful Elijah was that man listen he was that dude he was that guy had a pretty good job a really good gig working for the Lord God used him to do all sorts of amazing things hear me though doing wonderful things in the world things like causing um causing uh causing the dew and the rain to stop for more than three years that's that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty miraculous, right? Elijah was able to do this. Elijah was even able to, to, to raise a woman's son, able to resurrect him, uh, calling down fire from, from heaven to defeat the, the prophets of Baal. Th these are all of the things that's on Elijah's resume. And it would seem like Elijah would have no reason to feel indifference or to be living through or suffering through the injustice of indifference. But much like your life and much like mine, Everything in Elijah's life was not always puppy dogs and ice cream. Not always. Um, that's just that's just the way life goes. That's just the way life goes. It's it's just not always good. It's just not always sunshine. It's just not always perfect. And the skies aren't always shiny and blue. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where listen, sometimes you you're gonna have to go through some things. Sometimes uh, it's gonna rain a little bit in your life. Sometimes it may even storm for a while. It's not it's not always good. Uh, but during during this moment. During this moment in, in, in the life of Elijah, um, the Bible recounts in Israel's history how, how uh, the whole nation had turned their back on God. It's, this now was during the reign of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, and, and they weren't the best leaders to begin with. But um, but uh, the Bible says now that uh, in, in 1 Kings 16 and 30, that Ahab was the son of, of Omri. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Elijah now had his work cut out for him because Elijah now is working for the Lord, right? And uh, he's now got to gotta go and try to fix some things that have gone wrong on behalf of God. And so with now this pressure that's on Elijah also comes this spirit of isolation because Elijah can't be a part of the people and be trying to fix the people. So Elijah had to be set apart. Elijah had to be isolated. Elijah had to be kind of quarantined. And we see now Elijah reaching this breaking point in, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah felt so strongly about his beliefs and convictions and what the Lord was calling him to do and what the Lord had given him to do that he had convinced himself that he was the only one chasing after God. Elijah was convinced that he was the only one that was in pursuit of what God wanted and restoring back the order that God once had in the earth. And uh, as a result, this led Elijah to isolation. I got to get away from the people. I just got to be by myself because they ain't after God. They not pursuing God. They don't want what I want. They ain't living how I'm living. So he runs off in this desert and he finds himself now under this tree 
and he is he's he's a mess he is an emotional mess he's a total wreck right now he's alone he's isolated he's depressed he's feeling abandoned he's emotional and he's feeling now lonely which has now led to him feeling indifferent remember when we started this lesson tonight about the injustice of indifference we've got to watch indifference because indifference really is coming it's stemming from an emotion it's stemming from a place it's stemming from a seed that we've allowed to grow and fester now where nothing good can come in and nothing good can go out so here it is now that elijah has been called to this great work but injustice has crept in so now instead of going and helping the people elijah has now isolated himself from the people. And as a result of this isolation, he's now miserable. The injustice, the the the, the agony of, of injustice, the injustice of, of indifference. Have you ever been there before where you've you felt so isolated, you felt so alone in your feelings um, that you really didn't know what to do next? So all you could do was just flee. And Elijah um, not only just runs out into the desert, but he gets under this tree and decides that he wants to die. He's so lonely, he's so broken, he's so indifferent that he doesn't even want to live anymore. See, that's what indifference will do, where it messes with the emotions where again, nothing can come in and nothing can go out. So you're just, you're stuck, you're stalled and you're stagnant. Shameless plug. If this is your first time catching a team now, go back a few weeks ago. Um, I think that was the last series that we did before, uh, before the summer, which was our stuck, stalled, stagnant series just to get some motion and some mobility in, in your life. But again, Elijah, he's, um, he's stalled, he's stuck, he's stagnant. And that indifference now has led him to not wanting to do what God called him to do, no longer wanting to live. And in fact, his indifference has now led to him wanting to die. And um, you you ever had anything that was just so heartbreaking, so so isolating that it 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 crossed your mind to maybe go ahead and call it quits? It crossed your mind to maybe throw in the towel? It crossed your mind to maybe just end it all? Uh, and and this is the feeling that that Elijah is is feeling. Maybe you felt that because you felt like no one else could understand your pain. Hear me tonight, because the enemy uses and operates through the emotion of indifference. And indifference usually creeps in and is on the back of loneliness. Satan will use extreme isolation as a way of, of whispering lies in your ear, of of, of of putting nasty thoughts into your mind, convincing convincing us of things like no one loves you, no one no one cares about you. It's never going to work. It's never it's never going to pan out the way that you really think it is. You're going to die alone. Um, no one would even care if you even stopped existing. That those those are the things that the enemy will use through through the feeling of loneliness, which now leads to now indifference. The enemy uses indifference to convince us that it's safer to run away from community, that it's safer to run away from God, that it's safer to run away from love, hear me, while God actually uses loneliness and indifference as a symbol and a signpost to call us and cause us to run right back to God. So hear me tonight, the enemy will use indifference to have you run away from God. The way the enemy used indifference to have Elijah run from God and the people. But God will use loneliness 
as a means to draw us closer. In the moments of isolation and your moments of loneliness, are you drawing closer or are you going farther? I challenge you the next time that you're feeling lonely, which if that isn't today, there'll, there'll be a day, there'll be a day, there'll, there'll be a day, there'll be a moment where, where you're going to feel a little isolated. You're going to feel a little bit alone, even in a room full of people, even in a room crowded full of people, you still feel like, man, I'm, I'm in this thing all, all by myself. But I challenge you the next time that you're feeling a little alone, like no one understands, like no one gets your struggle like no one gets your story. I challenge you now that you won't run away from the father the way that Elijah ran away from the father, but instead in your moments of loneliness and feeling isolated and set apart, that you'll take those moments as clues that maybe God is calling me closer. I'm challenging you not to run from God, but I'm challenging you to run toward God. Hear me tonight. You're in such beautiful and capable hands. And the hands that you are in are much different than the hands of the enemy. In fact, they're opposite of the enemy's hands. And if they're opposite of the enemy's hands, then what the Lord is speaking over you is opposite of what the enemy is speaking to you. On one hand, you may have the enemy saying that no one cares. But on the other hand, you've got you've got the Lord saying that the same way that I look out for the, the bird, the sparrow in the sky, I, I care so much more greatly for you. When the moments where you're feeling alone, like no one even cares because your phone is bone, bone dry, ain't nobody called, ain't nobody text, ain't nobody checked up on you, ain't nobody said a word. Listen, God is saying, even in those moments, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't need people to be checking up on you. Maybe, maybe you need to check in with me. You're never alone. You're never alone. You're never forsaken. In 1 Kings 19, this is the moment where we see Elijah turning his heart. And he's turning his heart from loneliness and indifference because God is in radical pursuit of Elijah. The very thing that Elijah aborted and left behind and allowed to be dormant and fall asleep and almost wanted to bring death to is now the very thing that God is in pursuit of waking up and restoring. It's beautiful to see how God responds to Elijah's indifference of, eh, I don't care if I live, eh, I don't care if I die, eh, I don't care if it works, eh, I don't care if it doesn't work, eh, I don't care if I get there, eh, I don't care if I don't. God now uses Elijah's indifference to draw him closer to God. God is merciful and is always moved by our response. Ephesians chapter two, verses four and five puts it like this. But God, who is rich in mercy because of God's great love for us, even when we were dead and our trespasses made us alive again. In this season of getting out of your feelings, will you let God wake some stuff up in you? 
those feelings of indifference, those feelings of not wanting to feel hurt, those feelings of not wanting to feel pain. Hear me. I get why you don't want to feel that. But not wanting to feel hurt has made you numb to your healing. Not wanting you to you not wanting to feel pain has made you a whole lot less susceptible to walking in your purpose and your promise. Let God work through your emotions in this season, whether it's the load of loneliness, whether it's the injustice of indifference, whether it is the agony of resentment. Will you let God do it? Don't, don't let, don't let the wrong emotions creep in that makes you indifferent to where you ignore even the right ones. God uses Elijah's loneliness as an invitation to do something wonderful inside of Elijah, to wake up that thing that has been asleep for quite some time. It's a beautiful thing how God responds and how God continued to pursue Elijah's heart, even in the middle of Elijah's indifference. And what that did for Elijah is it allowed Elijah to be led toward a deeper relationship with God rather than be led away from it. What would you do in this season with all your emotions? Will you, will you let God take those things and make sense of it so that it makes you better? Or will you let injustice continue to grow and difference to continue to grow and spiral until you feel nothing, nothing bad, but as a result of feeling none of the bad emotions, it often robs you of feeling all of the good ones. I come against tonight the spirit of indifference. The Bible declares in Romans 8, for we know that all things are working together for the good. So God, even if that means that a little bit of pain, a little bit of sorrow, a little bit of hurt, Got to come with it. God, I know that it's working for something greater. Indifference. Eh. Which leaves you feeling nothing but numbness. Isn't working for you. It's only working for the enemy. I speak to every person that's been living through indifference where you have just given up and have no longer cared. But would you let God now draw you closer in the midst of your isolation or your loneliness, your anger, your resentment, and your pain to lead you to the place of hope and healing and restoration, love, and joy. The fruit of the Spirit. Indifference will keep you pigeonholed will keep you numb, will keep you stuck. But John 10, 10 says that I've come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. Joy is abundance, peace and abundance.
love and abundance. So God, heal me of whatever hurt that has caused me to be indifferent so that I can live in the fullness, that thing called abundance. Listen, I love you. Get out your feelings. Set some stuff on fire. Be nothing but light. Give nothing but life. Share nothing but love. I'm gonna see you here next week. We're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it rolling. We're gonna keep it rolling like a King George song. Do you hear me? I love you so much. A great big God bless you. I'm gonna see you here next week. Arrow, or you ain't even gotta wait till then. Show up this Sunday, 12:45 at the Fresh. Um, streaming live and or in person. I love you. God bless. Set some stuff on fire.